0: Hey everybody, what's up? Welcome back to another episode of Everything Kratom, the podcast about anything and everything Kratom. Great to have you with us on this Tuesday morning, hoping all is well with you. Before we get into the episode, just going to talk a teeny bit about what Kratom I am using today. So today I woke up Feeling good, have some good energy. So I felt, you know, I don't really need a white to start the day. And I also try not to start the day like that. Sometimes you just need one kind of like I did yesterday. But today I didn't. And I was thinking, you know, let's go with green. So today I have taken two and a half grams of green Thai. Feeling great. Good amount of energy, uh, very smooth. And I think it was the perfect dosage. Had some breakfast right before. And just ready to get down to business, so I'm feeling great today, and uh, think it was a good move. Probably will go with a nice white later on in the afternoon. Not gonna go with my usual uh, white Indo. I'm gonna take a break from that one. Um, might go with a little bit of white Mangda. Haven't had that one in at least a few days, if not a week. So um, that sounds good to me. So that's that. Today we're gonna be taking a look at Wisconsin, where. Until recently, it seemed like they were going to be going towards a KCPA, a Kratom Consumer Protection Act, which would be repealing the current ban on Kratom in that state. But last week, the assembly actually decided not to vote on the proposed bill. And this was because there was enough backlash and outcry from cops and law enforcement and doctors in the medical community in that state. That led them to cease the vote, so uh, progress has been halted there. And it's a good lesson to myself because I thought, you know, I got really excited when this was first announced that they were going to be considering this KCPA because it's very encouraging to see a state that currently sees kratom as an illegal substance consider changing that, and not only consider changing that, but consider changing that in with you know with regulation in an intentional way. And this came after there was that hearing where there was testimony given by some people, just everyday average Joes, uh, the American Kratom Association, a few doctors, and uh, congressmen from Utah who helped uh, pioneer the Kratom Consumer Protection Act there. So there was a lot of input there. It seemed like a very promising measure. And this is just teaching me not to get, you know, the cart ahead of the horse that this was not set in stone and, and a law isn't law until it's law. So, you know, this makes me look at other states like Florida, for instance, uh, where they have something pass a committee, you know, hold on, you know, wait, let's see what happens next. You never know. And it's, it's an important lesson for myself. So that's something that I'm taking away from this experience. Don't be so eager that you miss what's happening. And also the other thing, that's just kind of going through my head, sorry, you're all kind of my therapist today, is that what I'm thinking about now is also that this was, you know, it's done through the real democratic process that everybody has access to. Just as people came out into the streets, you know, screaming against the proposed ban by the DEA in 2016, which caused them to stop that emergency ban, first time in history, uh, so too did that happen here between law enforcement and the medical, you know, field they stopped this vote to make Kratom legal in their state. And that's fine. I mean, that's legal. That's their democratic right, and it's democracy in action. So I can't help but be in support of that. At the same time, though, (laughs) right? At the same time, I'm not happy. I don't like that from what I'm reading, and I'll put an article in the description of this podcast just so you can take a look, but there's a few different places out there where you can be reading into this. From what I can tell and what I'm reading, the the arguments coming from the opponents of Kratom in Wisconsin do not seem to be that well-formed. It seems to be that a lot of it is just coming out of this idea that the FDA sees it as such and so shall I, right? And it goes to show how much sway the FDA holds. Of course, it should. It's a large governmental body and it's like, you know obviously they're probably doing rigorous testing and studies and standards and all that stuff like if i'm just learning about a substance and i look at the fda and they say oh no we've been looking at this for a while uh it's killed people and it's addicting it's just like an opioid and we just there's no good medical value for it then it's like okay well i'm not going to look into that further right but if you did if you could you had the time and you had the patience and, and you you had the um, what's the word well I guess I'll just say curiosity uh, to the point where you really do look into it more you would find that you know, a lot of the information the FDA is using actually isn't really good information and that there was this whole thing that happened recently with the World Health Organization maybe I don't know anyway it does mention in this article that i'll link in here uh it's the milwaukee journal sentinel by the way in this article in the milwaukee journal sentinel it does mention the world health organization it says last year the federal government weighed recommending to the world health organization that kratom be banned globally but the who declined in december to consider a ban calling instead for more surveillance of the substance i guess that's okay the way that they're putting it but it's like dude it's all of the top doctors around the world who know everything there is to know about addiction who are saying, no, nah, not worth our time. There's not nearly enough information here for us to even be concerned. We'll just keep watching it. But like, no, <laughs> I mean, come on, like that's something that people should know about. But anyway, I've talked about that way too many times on this show before, so I'll try not to repeat myself there any more than I already have. Anyway, the thing that I'm looking at here specifically, it says that uh, law enforcement uh, wrote a letter. They wrote a letter to the assembly and it was dated February 16th. Uh, Four law enforcement groups wrote this letter. They said, at a time when so many Wisconsin communities are dealing with the devastating effects of opioid abuse, why would we legalize a dangerous substance with links to opioid addiction and death and that lacks any medically approved FDA approved uses? So there's the wait on the FDA, assuming that the FDA is, you know, looking at any new information that's coming from anywhere other than their own mouths. And then, you know, there's also the fear. Like, I feel so bad for these law enforcement people when it comes to this all over the country, let alone Wisconsin. I mean, they're finding people lying on the street, having an overdose so often now that like every single police officer has Narcan in their back pocket that's how much this has changed this country, this whole crisis. And it's it's really, really important that people understand that even if you are a proponent of Kratom, I, like me, I think that it's important to recognize that. Like, I understand why as a law enforcement person, I would be afraid that the state is considering legalizing something that's currently illegal, that's a little known substance, that's similar to an opioid, as far as I can tell from all the input that I've got. And from when I look at the FDA, they say it's dangerous, right? Like I don't need more of this to deal with. I've already got my hands full. I've already become like an, you know, an emergency administrator of Narcan just by default of being a police officer. I don't want to be finding people overdosing on this other substance, too. So I totally understand all that fear and everything. But, but, you would think that after all this time that this crisis has been going on, that people would start to realize Kratom is not the enemy that's going to make the opioid crisis worse. It's that the opioid crisis is a terrible thing because it's being perpetuated and it has been for a long time. And when you look at people who are dealing with addiction, it's not like every single one of them are being introduced to an opioid by being overprescribed pain pills and like, you know, how it all started. Things have changed. And Because of that change, which now I'm going to have to rant about that for a second, like it's this continuous cycle that's causing the opioid crisis, but it's not like Kratom is going to make the opioid crisis worse. In my opinion, the opioid crisis started with the overprescription of pills, but I think from my own experience watching my brother for 10 years, it wasn't pain prescription pills that kept him as, you know, an addict. It was the constant cycle of not having a good infrastructure and structure in place in society or penal system when it comes to dealing with addicts. And I mean that everywhere is from prison to halfway houses to uh, clinics uh, and places where you go to get better and the methadone clinics, which methadone, suboxone in and of themselves. Wow, they're godsends. You take those things and you're not like itching to to get any of the substance that you were addicted to. But so many things go wrong, and you can't be on those forever. And people who go through methadone clinics end up visiting them like eight times. Like they end up going back and back and back and back and back. I don't mean eight times in terms of like eight days. I mean like they go there, they're there through the program for a month, then they leave, then something goes wrong then they go to jail, or they go to a halfway house, or they go here, and then they end up back at the methadone clinic, Like, and then they're there for a month. I mean that. My brother did that many, many times. And one day when I was visiting him, he said that from now on, when anyone talks about the opioid crisis, make sure they knows it's not perpetuated by prescribed pills. It's perpetuated by this system. It needs to be fixed. The system as a whole not any one part of it, but the whole system needs to be re- rewired so that so that we can get through this. So bringing all that in my rant, my apologies, back to the matter at hand, although I understand the fears from law enforcement, I think that they should understand, or I wish that they would understand, that Kratom is not the enemy here. Take a look at it. Make sure it's not dangerous, yes, but that's not your worries. Your worries are far from kratom, and I think that that needs to be put in perspective. And if anything, I think it'd be helpful to have another thing there to help, uh, you know, try to go against this crisis that we are having. So then the other aspect, the medical community, I don't know who they are, but I think they're nuts. I think they're absolutely crazy. I think that if you're a medical professional and you're worried about substance abuse, You should do all your research. And when the World Health Organization has a meeting of the top scientists who know more about substance addiction than you do because you're a doctor in Wisconsin and these people are international renowned addiction experts and they all agree that this isn't worth their time, I think that that should signal to you, maybe I should look a little more into this. So I don't agree with them but I don't blame the law enforcement people for writing in and I don't blame anybody for writing in. Um, It's their right and it makes sense. All that in mind, I am disappointed and it has taught me a lesson. Don't put the cart before the horse. So anyway, there's my rant today. Sorry to make you my therapist, but you're just a good listener. (laughs) Okay, everybody. Guess I'm going to leave it there, but um, hope you all have a great rest of your day. We'll be back tomorrow. Same as always. Keep on keeping on, everybody. Bye-bye.